happening, International Christian Fellowship Rome and ICF Rome around the country and around the world. Welcome to our Sunday encounter. This is Pastor Jennifer Pasquale, and I'm so thankful that you are joining us. I have my sign today, smile, because I want you to know God wants to give you a word for your life that puts a smile in your heart. I also want you to know as you lean into the presence of the Lord, as you lean into the worship and the word, let God do something in you that will cause you to put a smile on his face. He has a great and powerful word for you this morning, and I'm so glad you're joining us. Good morning, ICF Rome. It's Pastor Jennifer welcoming all of you to the first Sunday in December. I am so happy you're here. It's going to be a fabulous day. We've already started with great praise and worship. So I want to encourage you about a couple things for today and this month. The first thing is we are having Christmas activities on December 18th. The children will be performing, the teenagers, and we have a Christmas gala. You can buy your ticket, you can reserve it online, and you can purchase it at the Welcome Center. I want us to have a fabulous time at the Hotel Christopher Colombo. This is a Christmas outing on the evening of Sunday, December 18th, and it's gonna be for everybody, men, women, young adults, boys and girls. My dear friend, Pastor Laura Lee is gonna be with us. You're gonna have a fantastic multiple course meal. And I want you to know I am supporting part of your ticket. So it is a reduced rate of $25 a person and $10 per child. We have a kid menu. And so I want you to sign up and buy your tickets and plan. Let's go out and celebrate Christmas in Rome together on December 18th. I also want you to know that next Sunday, everybody say next Sunday, next Sunday, I'll be back and I'm excited about that. But also we have a gathering for the young adults. So after service, second service next Sunday, we want the young adults to connect, laugh and celebrate. We don't do life alone here. And so as we worship today, as we praise the Lord, I want you to enter in and I want you to know that I am believing that December is gonna be a wonderful month filled with love and joy and thanksgiving. So let's worship together. Check the website for everything. We're glad to have all of our visitors here today. We welcome you. If this is your home city, then we wanna be your home family of faith. So make each other feel welcome and let's enjoy praise and worship together. Well, hallelujah, isn't God good? I want you to know that today is a wonderful, special day. I am deeply honored to have the South Texas Assemblies of God District Superintendent, Pastor Tim Barker, his beautiful wife, Jill, as our special ministry guests today and next Sunday, and I'll be here for that as well. I also wanna welcome our dear friends, Brother Terry and Irma Phipps from Southwestern Assemblies of God University. We're so happy to have these stellar leaders of the Assemblies of God gathering with us here in Rome today. So Pastor Tim, I want you to take your liberty. Thank you for leading us in communion this morning. Thank you for loving on our ICF Rome family. And ICF family, I want you to enter in. I know Pastor Tim has written a beautiful book. He may have some for us this month, but I also want you to know God has a word for you today. So I want you to honor 
with everything within you, the leadership of Pastor Tim Barker and the word of God that he has come to bring to us to kick off December, 2022. I love you. I will see you next Sunday. And I know that God is going to do something amazing in your life today. Thank you, Pastor Tim. What a privilege, and I want to say thank you to Pastor Jen for having us, and we so look forward to her being home next week. Can you say amen to that? Um, If you have your uh, communion packet that you received when you came in, let's, let's gather around the table of the Lord together, and I want to welcome those that are joining us online to participate with us, and I want to read for a few moments... From Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26, it says, While they were eating, Jesus took bread and gave thanks. In one of the Gospels, it says, Jesus said, It is with great delight that I have the privilege of doing this. I could say that today. What a privilege this is to gather together today. So let's give thanks. Can you lift this wafer that represents the broken body of our Lord Jesus Christ? Can you lift it to him with thanksgiving today as we pray? Father, thank you. Thank you for this wafer that symbolizes that, that, that recognizes the price that you paid for our healing today. So Lord, we claim the healing over anybody in this place today that's struggling physically. We, we declare your word today that says that you were wounded for our transgressions. You were bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace is upon you. And by your stripes today, Lord, we are healed. And we thank you for that as we receive this with thanksgiving in our hearts. Amen. Let's receive it. He gave it to the disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body. And then he took the cup and gave thanks. Can you lift the cup before the Lord? And let's give thanks together for this cup, Lord, that represents your shed blood. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That just one drop of this blood bought us a million years of eternity with you. Thank you, God, that this this cup that represents your shed blood, Lord, is for the remission of our sins not just covering our sins, but washing them completely away. We thank you for it today. We receive it with thanksgiving in our hearts for all you've done and all you're going to do. Let's receive together. In verse number 29, I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine. From now on until that day, I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. And then I like what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, For I receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Can I just tell you today, Jesus is coming again. He's coming again. He's coming again. Well, praise the Lord. What a privilege to participate together in communion. Let's stand. One more time as we honor the word of the Lord. Again, I'm so privileged to be here. I'm grateful to have my our friends that are traveling with us. But I want to bring you the word that the Lord has given me for this service. And I selected the passage in Isaiah chapter 61. It says, The Spirit 
of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. So much could be said about this beautiful and this powerful passage, but I want to focus our attention for just a few moments today on what is said in verse 1, to bind up the brokenhearted. He has sent us to bind up the brokenhearted. Listen, the mission of the church has not changed. The mission of the church, we exist for hurting people. That was a great place to say amen. Yeah. We exist for people who are hurting. In Luke's gospel, chapter 4, Jesus is preparing to do something quite significant. He is, he is preparing to make an announcement to the world. This long-awaited promise, this long-anticipated prophecy, the prophecy that there was coming to the world someone who would bring hope, prophecy that someone was coming to the world that would remove death. And listen, if, our, if there's ever a message that was relevant for today in our crazed fear-stricken world, it's this message. Jesus had waited for the perfect opportunity to stand up and declare, the time has come. He takes the ancient scroll of Isaiah, and he began to read. Now, it seemed like it was just any day, any other day in the synagogue. It seemed like it was just another day in church. But all of a sudden, when Jesus began to read verse number 18 of Isaiah, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. He said, He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoner and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he said, Today... This scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now imagine with me for just a moment the emotion that filled the room that day. Because no one had ever claimed such a, a preposterous claim. No one had ever lived a life that checked all of the boxes of messianic promise. But Jesus was born in Bethlehem's stable he was born of a virgin named Mary. The angels announced his birth. He lived a sinless life. He arrives at this place at this time, having just been baptized in the River Jordan by John, and he makes the statement, today, say that with me, would you? Today. Today, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus makes the statement, he sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. This was not only a need when Jesus spoke it, but it is the condition of all mankind in 2022. Because brokenheartedness 
is everywhere. I think everyone is dealing with something that's heartbreaking. It's the great disability of our society and our culture that we live in. It's the broken heart that we struggle with the most. When Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment of all? I think that they thought they were going to somehow trip Jesus up. They were going to stump Jesus with such a question that, that this question would somehow confuse Jesus, that he would have to search the database of his mind and determine what, I mean, what is the best because how do you prioritize what is the greatest commandment? Because they're all good. Like, like thou shalt not kill. How many of you would agree that's a good one? Thou shalt not steal. That's pretty good. Especially if it's my stuff. Come on. How about thou shalt not commit adultery? How do you really weigh and consider this question? But I want you to notice Jesus doesn't even hesitate for a moment. He, he didn't even consider his options. He responded this way. He said, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and him only shall you serve. And then he said this, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And he said, with all your strength. And then he said this, the second is likened to the first. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Jesus knew what he was talking about. I said, Jesus knew what he was talking about. Because every single command in the Bible falls into one or two categories. Loving God with everything that's within you and loving those around you as you love yourself. Let's be honest today. That's not an easy task. Come on. Say amen with me. Or straighten your halo a little bit. That's not easy. But it's a challenge controlling the heart, especially when we consider the many times that our heart has been broken. And you can't do things with a broken heart that involves a wholehearted effort. To provide a wholehearted effort to anything is impossible when you're dealing with a broken heart. And with the crazy going on in our world, either you have a broken heart here today or watching us online, or you are surrounded by people whose heart is breaking. We've either met folks or we ourselves are carrying around symptoms of brokenheartedness. And it manifests itself in many different ways. One way it manifests itself is half-heartedness. You've heard the saying, you've got to put all of your heart into it. You're only giving us a half-hearted effort. The Bible tells us that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Double-mindedness comes from brokenheartedness. It's when the heart doesn't quite function as it's supposed to. The heart isn't meant to be broken down into various chambers. Your heart is meant to be in sync, all functioning and moving in the right capacity. But the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth's going to speak. So what's inside eventually is going to come out. We've all been around people who talk out of both sides of their mouths. Hello. They're referred to as people who are double-tongued, saying one thing here 
and they say something else there. That's because their heart has been broken somewhere. Maybe you've heard of people who are two-faced. That, that means that they are brokenhearted where somewhere, somehow, their heart stopped working at full capacity. One place or another, there was a laceration of their heart. We've even referred to people at times as being hard-hearted. That means uh, cold or maybe the reference would even be death. That is the paralysis of passion. We've referred to people as well as being warm-hearted. That refers to life. I would rather be in that category. How about you? If you, re- if you yourself or you encounter someone that is half-hearted or, or double-tongued or two-faced or hard-hearted or cold-hearted, I, I'm just here today to tell you that Jesus came to bind up the broken-hearted. A friend of mine told me a story of a man who suffered for years from a broken heart. A situation that happened in his life five decades or more when his, when his single mother entrusted him the care of his younger brother while she ran to the store to pick up a few items. He really wasn't interested in babysitting because he had some plans of playing ball with the neighbor kids. When she left, the younger brother got involved, in the, the older brother got involved in the basketball game, and occasionally he would check on his younger brother. Time passed by as he was playing ball and he heard the sound of the daily train as it was zipping past the nearby tracks but this time the train whistle blew and screeching sound of brakes as the train came to a complete stop the interrupted basketball game players all ran toward the noise and there he found the body of his young brother alongside the tracks When his mother arrived, she literally collapsed in shock. He said he will never forget the pain on her face, the sound of her cries as she cradled that little three-year-old boy's body. He said his heart was broken in two as he discovered his brother had been killed that day by the train. And when he heard his mother's response, he said, my heart shattered into a million pieces. He knew that he was responsible, and he said his mom never recovered from that, and he said that day a part of his heart died. Listen, you don't know what haunts people at night. You don't know the condemnation that people struggle with around you. You don't know what has broken their heart, why they struggle, why they're constantly on the run. But Jesus said, I have come. I have come. He, is, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. Can I just tell you today, Jesus is the heart specialist. The kind of heart that I'm preaching to you about today, you won't find on an ultrasound. The kind of heart that I'm, I'm talking to you today, you're not going to find on an MRI. You can search heart specialists, and, and it'll direct you to some incredibly smart, amazing people who do a lot of work. But, but you can't put your hands around the kind of heart that I'm preaching to you about today. But if you're here in this place or you're watching online and you have a broken heart, you can't fix it. You can't see it. You can't touch it. You can't find it. But the day that Jesus stood 
stood up in the synagogue. He opened the ancient scroll, and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. I believe what Jesus was saying that day was, I want every demoniac in, to hear me. This day the Scripture's fulfilled. I believe he was speaking to every woman with an issue of blood. This day the Scripture's fulfilled in your hearing. I believe he was saying to every Roman centurion who had a sick servant at home, this day the Scripture's fulfilled in your hearing. Maybe what happened to you happened when you were four years old and some kind of offense hit you with a blunt force and a piece of your heart has been missing. And then again at seven years old, there was a sweeping laceration of your heart and another piece of your heart just fell to the ground. It could have happened to you when you were on the playground at school or in the park playing with friends and there was a bully who said something that hurt you. Maybe it fell to the living room floor or the family room of your childhood home when someone callously wounded you because they were dealing with their own brokenheartedness and invisible pieces and chips just flew in every direction. The Bible tells us in Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 26, I've come to take the stony heart out and I've come to give you a heart of flesh. This is, this is amazing because it's one of the few times in Scripture that flesh is referred to positively. Most of the time, when the Bible talks about our flesh, it's not good. But this time, he says he's, he's not dealing with our weakness. He says, Here, here's what he's saying. I want to give you the heart that you were always supposed to have to before sin. When, when the body is wounded, there are agencies within the body that begin, to, the, begin the healing process. There are antibodies within our bodies that will fight off infection. There are cells. Do you know where you find these cells? You'll find them in the blood. I want to remind you today that there is still power in the blood of Jesus. There is still wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. And your heart will try to heal itself. But the unregenerate part of, of us, the fallen nature of man, doesn't know how. The result of our attempt to heal ourselves is we build up scar tissue. Come on, some of you know what I'm talking about. The heart that once trusted is always suspicious of everything and everyone. The heart that once loved isn't willing to open themselves up and take chances anymore. The heart that was kind and, and compassionate now has become complex and cynical of everything and everybody. But God says, I want to deal with the stony, broken heart. I want to take out the heart and put in a heart of flesh. In other words, he said, I will remove the scar tissue. I will remove the pain. God wants to do that for somebody in this place today. To before betrayal, to before trust was broken, to before you were violated and wounded, to before you were hated, to before you were victimized. But you say, Pastor Tim, where, where do I start? I don't even know where to go. Where I can pick up all those pieces. You could go back to the place where you know it occurred. And you'll never find all the broken pieces because it's not tangible. It's intangible. You can go back to the mulch in the playground. You can go back to the courtroom. 
You can go back to the hospital room and you'll never find the broken pieces, but there is one that can find every piece of your heart that's ever been broken. There is one who can go back to every place that your heart has been hurt because he sees all the pieces and he knows exactly where all of them are and he will pick them all up one at a time. You know, Jill... My wife, uh, she loves coffee, so she feels at home here in Europe because there's coffee on every corner. And, you know, she, she would rather drink coffee than water. And she has her favorite coffee mug. And if her coffee mug falls from the counter in the kitchen and it falls to the floor and the handle falls off, I can usually fix that. Now, in the United States, we have what is called Gorilla Glue, and it's super glue. And you put a little bit on, and you hold it there together. Maybe you're here today in this service, and you feel like quitting. I've just come here today to tell you, hold it. Hold it. Hold on for a little while. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Be still and know that he is still God. Hold it, somebody. Feel like God is putting his hands around somebody here today and just telling you, hold on. You know, when God holds us, sometimes it's not real comfortable. If the coffee mug falls and it hits a a tiled floor, it usually shatters into, how many of you know this, bazillion of pieces. And you get the broom and you sweep up the pieces until you don't see them anymore. But can I just tell you from experience, pieces go in other rooms. They go up under the refrigerator. And if you don't believe what I'm talking about, go in the middle of the night barefooted in the kitchen and you'll find the ones you missed. Come on. But Jesus says, I've come to bring them all back together. I've come to bind up. God understands where every piece of your heart has gone. And he gathers that all together. And if you'll allow him today, listen, he will sanctify every memory. He will cleanse every thought. He will cast out all fear. He'll put it all back together. God will remove the fake smile and he'll give you genuine joy. Come on, get ready. Because weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Come on, joy, unspeakable joy comes in the morning. Stand with me, I'm finished, almost. A number of years ago, and if the musicians will come, a number of years ago we we had the privilege of gathering with some friends in a beautiful prayer garden in South Texas. And in this prayer garden is a cross that, that's probably, I would guess, 10, 6 to 10 stories high. It's quite beautiful because as you drive into the city, you can see this prayer, this cross on the top of the, the hill overlooking the city. And in this garden is some of the most beautiful sculptures. And so we were taking our friends to dinner and I said to Jill, I, um, I just want to go, I want to go before we head off for dinner. I want to go to the prayer garden. And she said, oh, but it's so pretty at night. 
Because you stand on the top of the, the mountain and you look over the city with all the lights and it's just magnificent. I said, but I want to go. I just feel like we need to go now. Let's go before. And so there was this bit of debate and, and I won. That doesn't happen very often. Okay. Come on, guys. You know what I'm talking about. Help me here. And so she, um, she and I and our friends got there. And, and so Jill and Vicky began to walk around the prayer garden, and they were looking. My buddy and I walked over to the cross, and there was, a, there was one car parked there in the parking lot next to us, and there was a lady that was very emotional as she sat there by the cross. I walked up to her after a while. I didn't want to disturb her, but I said, I'm not sure what's happening, but will you permit us to pray with you? And she said, yes, of course. She said, I recently lost my, my baby. And shortly after my baby passed, my husband left me. And I'm all alone. And she said, I came here to this city because it's where my sister lives. I needed to be with family. But she said, I feel like God has forgotten me. I feel like God doesn't even know where I am. I feel like I just need to hear from God. And I said, well... We would love to pray with you. And I asked her, where, where are you from? She told us the city in the United States where she is from. And I gasped because my friend who was visiting with me was from the same city. He was from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We were in South Texas. And I said to the lady after we prayed, you've just heard from God because I told her we wanted to come after the dinner meal. We wanted to come here after we had our evening meal so we could see the beautiful lights of the city. But God just spoke to us to come earlier because he knew you would be here at this time. And here is the answer to your prayer. I, and my friend said, said, where are you from exactly in the city? And she told him the exact location. He says, that's my neighborhood. That's where I'm from. And she said, he said, do you attend church there in Minneapolis, Minnesota? And she told him the name of the church. He served as the district superintendent of the Assemblies of God of Minnesota. He says, I know your pastor. He's one of my best friends. Listen, God knows where you are. God knows exactly where you are today. And, and my, my buddy grabbed his cell phone and he dialed the number while we were praying and he handed his phone to the lady that was so distressed and she was able to minister to, uh, he was able uh, to have her, her pastor minister to her. I want you to know today, those of you whose heart have been broken at one time or another, God puts broken hearts back together. He knows exactly where you are today. I want to invite you as we close this service. In just a moment, the worship team is going to pray. But I want us all to participate today. I want to ask you, will you join me here? And I've got two people, two different groups of people I want to speak to. First of all, if you're here today and your heart needs mending, Jesus has come to bind up the brokenhearted. Say it with me. He has come. He has come. Come on, say it like you mean it. He has come 
to preach deliverance to the captive. He's come to set at liberty those who are held captive. Get ready today because he wants to heal what you thought could never be healed. He has come. And today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He's getting ready to put some closure on some areas of your life that you thought were never possible. So I want you to come. If that's you, I want you to step out right, right now. And I want the next group to respond. If you're here today and you've ever had him heal your broken heart from something that happened to you, I want you to come. So that should be everybody in the house. I want you to come and just stand with us right here as we close this service in prayer. You're either here suffering from a broken heart or you're here because he has been faithful in your life to heal the heart that you thought would never be healed. Come on, today. In Jesus' name, the scripture's fulfilled in your ears. Don't hesitate. Come on. Don't hesitate. Just come. Come. Don't wait for God to fix the circumstances. Let him heal your heart today. And you can leave this place today with a whole heart, whether your circumstances become what you want them to become or not. You're going to have a whole heart. You say, well, Pastor Tim, how do I give? How do I do that? You just give him your heart. You say, Lord, I give you my heart. And all that's within me, Lord, I give you. And I need you to give me the strength to turn from what keeps breaking my heart. So, Father, in this place, as we close this time of worship, as we close this time of being in your word, if there's one that's standing around us today whose heart is breaking, thank you, God, that you still heal broken hearts today. And, Father, those of us that are standing here that can say, we can testify today you are in the heart-mending business because there was a time in our life that we thought we would never be the same after what happened to us. But God, we're standing here today because your mercies are new to us every day and your strength is made perfect in our weakness. And we can testify today, God, that your grace is sufficient for us. So we bless you. Can you just right there where you are, lift your hands, lift your voice to him and bless him in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. And Father, anybody who is watching online today, I pray for them specifically. They're unable to be here in person, but God, you can reach through uh, technology and you can minister to the heart of people today whose hearts are broken. We can't change the circumstances. We can't change the situation. But God, you can change our heart. You can give a peace that transcends our understanding. You can keep our hearts and our minds stayed on Christ Jesus. You can take the hurt and you can give us peace. So Father, we thank you today. We stand here today, Lord, in reverence and thanksgiving for all that you've done and all that you're going to do in our hearts and in our lives. We thank you. Come on, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. You be glorified in us. You be glorified in us. Today, today the scripture's fulfilled. Hallelujah. 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 Make that declaration today. Make that declaration today as Pastor Bose comes today. The scripture's fulfilled. It's a different day. It's a different day, and I give you thanks. I give you thanks. Lord, with a heart of thanksgiving, I will bless you. With a heart of gratitude, I will bless you. And I thank you, Lord, for the restoration that's taking place today from brokenheartedness. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just wait in his presence for a moment.
Hallelujah. Sweep across this place today, Lord. Minister to your people. Touch every heart in this place today, Lord. Let us file this word deep within our heart. Thank you, Lord, this day the scriptures fulfilled. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we're reminded in your word that all things, not just the things that we understand, the things we enjoy, those times that are hard, times that our heart has been hurt, it's been broken, we felt abandoned, we felt lost, all things, even those times, Lord, you work for our good. <laughs> you work for our good because we are the called chosen according to your purpose so we thank you lord with a heart of thanksgiving we bless you with a heart of gratitude lord we bless you we bless you lord we bless you lord we bless you jesus praise god i know that the lord and the word of the lord has spoken to your life today and so i want to invite you to invite Jesus to be in control of every circumstance. Maybe you've prayed this prayer before. Maybe today will be the first time you prayed it. But every time you ask Jesus to be in control of everything, every part, every person in your life, God does something to bring your heart to life. So I want you to pray with me right now. Dear Lord Jesus, you say it. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you right now, to come into my life, to be in control of every part. I give you all of me, Lord. Forgive me for my sins and my disobedience and help me to serve you all the days of my life. I make you Lord over everything. In Jesus' name, amen. And I want you to know that today, the Lord has done something in your life. Now, I also want to pray with you for those miracles in motion, those burdens. As, you know, in our service on campus, we come to an altar of sacrifice, a place of decision. And we say to the Lord, God, take all of me. Take every situation. I trust you. I believe in you. This is the season where the Lord reminds us that he came to say, Emmanuel, God with us. So I'm going to pray for you right now. I want you to know that I read the messages, I read your emails, and I know the things that are weighing heavy on your heart. I love when you come to Rome and you come on campus, but even where you are right now in your country, in your city, the Holy Spirit is with you. And so, Father, right now, we agree in prayer together for the miracle that is in motion. I pray, God, that a supernatural divine intervention would come upon your son and your daughter right now. For that one who has been sick and struggling with illness, may their faith jump alive right now. May the DNA of their body come into alignment with the way God designed it. And, Father, that one who has struggled with worry and fret and fear, I pray in Jesus' name that the peace of God which passes all understanding would flow over your heart, your mind, your life, and every detail of your circumstance. The Lord is with you. Emmanuel, God is with us. And I want you to know today, he is Jehovah Rapha, your healer. He is Jehovah Shalom, our peace. He is Jehovah, Lord over all. 
You are complete in Jesus Christ. He will be with you this week. I bless you in the name of the Lord. Write us, send me an email. Let me know what God is doing in your life. We're in this thing together. We don't do life alone. And I'm standing with you for that prayer of victory and the miracle in motion. Have a fantastic week. I love you.